train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. But what happens when all a child has known is abuse and trauma? Today, my next guest is a parent who once was that child, raised in foster care, suffering great trauma. Yet despite her own upbringing, her life is now the evidence that you can overcome a traumatic past and create a new future. Welcome to this segment of Contagious Courage with Bian. Sally, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for, for being here. Thank you for having me. It's, it's great. I'm excited. Yes. Yes. Uh, Sally, you are an adult adoptee. Uh, mm -hmm. You are um, adoptive parent. What has your journey been like uh, and what has shaped you to, to be who you are today? I think that people, I really want people to understand that even if a child comes to you at birth, which I did not, I was in foster care, but if they come to you, it's always built on the foundation of loss. So the loss of the first mother, the loss of the first father, and loss of culture, loss of identity. So we always, it always starts with loss and that does change who you are. It's not insurmountable, but I think it's super important for people to recognize that it is absolutely a thing. Okay. And I find that people will say things like, well, you can't remember. No, but it's in the subconscious. So it's built on loss. So if, so if anybody's adopting, you have to recognize that this is, your child does not come to you at zero. Mm -hmm. And you know, it changes you forever, even though I don't remember it. And I get that a lot. It changes who you are forever. It's, I've lost my first mother, be it, albeit she wasn't a good mother, but I still lost my first mother. I, you lose your identity, you lose who you are. And so there's always this searching as an adoptee, barring any other trauma, that it is trauma to be apprehended and it is trauma to lose your first mother. And you always have this feeling you don't fit. I always said I felt like I've, I've spent my whole life sitting on the periphery, looking in and not really being part of anything, not part of my family, not part of anything. There's always sort of this beacon in the room, like everybody knows you're adopted. It's the elephant in the room. Everyone's not talking about it. You don't look like anybody. And it's, it's hard. It changes who you are. And you don't even know that it's changing who you are. But yet you, I always was searching for an identity. Where do I fit? Where do I belong? Hmm. So uh, being raised then in foster care, mm -hmm. um, what was it like growing up after that, uh, through that time? I, I, I was in foster care and then I got adopted by my, who I consider my parents and they were great. But I mean, I'm 55 years old, so they didn't know about FASD. They didn't know about any of this stuff, any of this stuff. I mean, people even now don't know a lot of this stuff. So they did the best they could, but I spent my whole life being that misunderstood, hated child. I was the kid that nobody wanted around because I, I didn't have self-control. I didn't know how to regulate myself. I was always losing my junk. You know, I had sensory processing, FASD. I mean, I've got more letters behind my name than most PhDs, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, FASD, PTSD, I got it all, man. And it, but it would change who I was. And I was, and I knew people hated me and I hated when I would flip out. And I always... So then, but I couldn't stop myself in the moment. And then afterwards, there was just these days of self-loathing and beating myself up and feeling this. And even as an adult, you know, mm -hmm. it was, it was awful. And it, and it, and it, so your self-esteem is down around minus 35 because you just don't, 
you believe what everyone thinks about you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. So you've had like some diagnosis and, you know, <laughs> neglect issues and a lot of loss yeah. that started to shape who you were as an adult. Uh, what were some of the, the things that you started taking back in your life? When we got Serenity, our adopted daughter, I just thought I was a bad person hmm. until we got her. And we never got her till I was in my 40s. And it was when I started to research for her because I knew about prenatal exposure and I knew about all that. And I started researching. I had taken courses and I was doing all that stuff. And I was like, and I remember being in a course one time on FASD and this guy was the foremost authority on FASD and I'm sitting there and Murray's in Fort Mac working, my husband, and I'm sitting there and it's 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm literally fighting back tears because I'm going, oh my gosh, this is me. You understood. I finally, the penny dropped. This is me. I'm not a bad person. I have a hurt brain. And I remember getting up, I had to get out of that room, and I went to the bathroom, and I phoned my husband, and I'm just crying my eyes out, and I go, and he answers the phone, poor guy, he's up in, you know, Fort Mac, and he's working, and I go, this is me, I'm this, and it was this huge epiphany, and, and it was at that moment that I realized, okay, I need, I, now, now that you have recognition of it, that you actually understand it, it's like, okay, I can cut myself some slack, I can, I can, I can learn ways to regulate myself, but I didn't know. I just thought I was a lousy person. And so now, uh, you have become and are a strong advocate for helping children in the foster care system. Uh, you have said, I will leave no stone unturned mm -hmm. to find out what it is that you can do to help recreate, to, to train your child yeah. so that she can have a better future. Because I had such a huge, a huge epiphany, I'm like, I am her. I get it. I get why she doesn't handle things well. I get why she has this attachment issues, why she has abandonment issues, loss issues. I get it. I totally understand it. I am her. And so it was so much easier to understand and have empathy and softness and kindness for her when I understood where this is coming from. Because she was not going to be the hated adoptee like I was. That was my that was my goal until I started doing the research and realizing that like that yeah my husband says Sally does better research than the FBI <laughs> and so we like we did dietary changes we've done courses we've done so much because yeah. I will change the trajectory of her life and there's a lot you can do and FASD is not a death sentence it's not a, a for sure it's 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 a for sure the, the diagnosis but it's, you absolutely can heal it you can heal the brain you really can wow. Um, I, I remember when we first met mm -hmm. and uh, you spoke at the HOPE conference mm -hmm. and how after you had spoke so passionately and openly, and I might even show a little clip of this because it was really neat how Jesse, he came up and he said, hmm, if only there was. Sally, I see you. I hear you. I mean, who? if we could just only find someone passionate enough to lead this change in foster care, just if we could find someone. Great work, Sally, great Hmm, if only there was, <laughs> if only there was, and it was like you were becoming that person. Mm -hmm. And now you are that person, you're an advocate, and I wanna talk a little bit about this book that you've yes. written since then. I know you've been writing it for a while, uh, but what is the title of this, uh, this book? Uh, the book is, named In Search of Serenity. And the whole theme around it is that she saved me. 
it's my adoption story. It's my life story with a little bit of my experience with social services as a child and then even trying to adopt her and realizing that not a whole heck of a lot has changed and that they, they are not there for the children. It is not about helping kids. And I've had several social workers say that to me. And I'm going to uh, put a link in uh, when Sally talks about a little bit more about her experience with social services and some of that uh, that she's trying to change within the system. I'm going to have a link to that so you can hear uh, like in detail about that. But Sally, you have become an advocate and now you are being that change. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be able to um, talk a little bit about some of the things that you have been doing, mm -hmm. uh, the, some of the strategies that you've found that help you mm -hmm. in, um, you know, raising serenity. I get it. I had this huge understanding of what it feels like to be misunderstood and to not be, to not being given grace. So the biggest thing that we've done is that, you know what, we always say, if you don't leave with love, you might as well just forget about mm. it. And so I always try really, I'm not always successful. I'm not the perfect mother. Let's be honest. Um, <clears throat> But I do the best I can. But if you always lead with love, that that is huge. And and have grace and go. You know what? This I always say to people. Like I work. Um, I, I I work as a parent coach, and I'm like, your kid didn't wake up today and go. Okay, today's a day. Today's a day. I'm gonna have her losing her junk by 10 a.m. And she's got to. <laughs> she's not weeping in the corner. I failed. Kids don't do that. They respond to the world around them. And if you are a foster kid, the world is a is a hard hard place for you to function and maneuver in. It really, really is. And so I, 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 I always say I'm guarding her heart. I'm watching her. Mm, I'm seeing beautiful. how she's responding. And I, I mean, it means that sometimes you're at a party and you're having a great time and you're seeing someone you haven't seen in 10 years. Too bad. I can see she's about to lose it. We have to go. Right. I'm always guarding her heart. I'm always watching because I don't want her to be the hated child. I don't want her to be the kid that no one wanted around. And so I try to get parents to understand that this is not about, about, your child that they're doing the best they can with very with zero skills hmm. what has been the biggest revelation in this whole journey for you has there been something that's like just really stuck out through this whole process the biggest revelation is that things don't happen to you they happen for you hmm. explain that so if you can look at your life and go, oh, this sucks, this is horrible, this is awful, let's all sit down and have a pity party for me. Listen, I've got lots of, I've got abuse in my past, I've got lots of stuff. It's not just the adoption piece. Um, I, you know, I had an, I had an uncle <laughs> and who abused me. And so I have a lot of trauma in my past. And I, and, and people say to me, and my parents died, both died very, very young. My adoptive parents who were amazing, who did the best they could. Mm -hmm. And they both died when I was very young. And, you know, someone said to me once, would you, if you could go back and change anything, would you? And I'm like, no. Mm. Even if you could bring them back today, no, because I wouldn't be who I am today. And we, we have, we have a choice when we are, when we have this stuff in our life, we have a choice. We can yes. get better or we can get bitter. And I've done the bitter thing mm. and it makes me really not fun to be around. And it makes, I don't even like myself. And so I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to need some, I'm going to need the lesson here, but you're going to have to speak up. Hmm. And I've learned so much in this journey. I've learned, I've learned so much grace, so much grace for myself, so much grace for others yes. and just, just lead with love. Wow. That's, that's so powerful, Sally. So powerful. Lead with love. Um, when we were talking, uh, in a, in a conversation before, um, 
you had mentioned something that you learned about forgiveness that really helped you in your journey because that's a tough one like oh, yeah. especially when you think about tra uh, trauma and like the trauma that you've experienced and a lot of people mm -hmm. no matter what the trauma that that f word yeah <laughs> it's a swear word yeah <laughs> kind yes. of way uh because that's a huge revelation mm -hmm. uh, i would like for you to share that so i always felt that if you for to forgive someone that i condone your actions it's okay you're a complete evil yes. person in my life I'm okay with that. Let's be friends. That's the way I always looked at forgiveness. And forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. Mm. Meaning that I can't change what happened in the past, but I can change who I am today. I can, but I have to acknowledge that. I have to acknowledge that that trauma that I endured by my uncle, that trauma that I endured by being adopted, that trauma that I endured by a lot of things in my life, I can't change that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I can do to change that. But what am I supposed to learn from it? What am I supposed to learn from it? Well, I'm a fierce advocate for anybody who has had trauma. I'm a fierce advocate. Mm. I'm going to lean in with love every single time. I'm going to look at the behavior and go, it's not, it's just communication. Behavior is just communication. If someone's flipping out, what's going on for you? What's happening for right. you right now? Not, well, that person's a jerk. Right. It's, it's, it takes such maturity and such depth <laughs> of character to be able to look at what someone else is feeling, to mm -hmm. be able to understand that. That's, that's, and it's hard and it's it not easy, but it's forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. So I let it go. I forgive my uncle. I forgive all the people in my world that have done some pretty nasty things to me, but it doesn't mean I'm going to say, come on in, let's, no. let's be friends. Yeah. It just means that you don't, you're not triggering me anymore. We're, right. we're done. We, you and I, we've, I've moved past you. And I'm okay. And I, my life is great now. Like, it really is. I have an amazing husband. I have amazing children. All three of them. And I have amazing friends. Yes. And I'm good. And I got God. And so yeah. God always wins. He does. High fives on that. God always wins, guys. God I always actually, wins. I actually have that on my letterboard at home. I felt letterboard. God wins. That's my reminder. I love that. I love that. <clears throat> what, what advice or encouragement would you have for somebody that has been experiencing trauma but also, what encouragement or advice would you have for someone who is about to be an adoptive parent or already an adoptive parent but really struggling? Right. So number one, it's not about you. So if you're going to be an adoptive parent, it has to be about the child. And, what, and, and where you are today is not where you're going to end up. We're even I'm 55 years old and I just got this stuff figured out by getting my little chicken oil. And, and that's when my healing began. And so it's never too late. Mm. So what I would say to someone who's experiencing trauma, who has experienced trauma, where you are today is not where you have to be tomorrow. Right. But you, but you got to lean in. You got to lean in and you got you to gotta walk through it. Mm. And it sucks. There's days when it really, really sucks. I have shed a lot of tears. I have, I have yelled at God. I've yelled at everybody. I've, you know, I have, you know, but you got to lean in. You got to go through it. There's only yeah. one way and that's through it, but it's way better when you do yes. It's way better when you I, do I want to talk about that, uh, that, that comment, uh, you said I've yelled at God Yeah. because a lot of people think that that's offensive and, right. and they say like, how can you, like, I would even want to echo that. Mm -hmm. Like if you're in trauma and you're mm -hmm. facing trauma, like it's okay to say, yeah. God, I'm not okay. I don't like this. You don't have to say that like, oh, I'm in, like, you have to go through it. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
but stay in communication, right? Like stay in communication with God, whether it's yelling or right. whatever it is. You the, have to he, do. Yeah, exactly. You just keep talking. But yeah, I, I've 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 yelled at God. We've had we've had <laughs> some words. We've had some words. <laughs> That's what it boils down to: just being real, leading with love, and having grace for yourself, and and being able to like forgive. And understand that forgiving doesn't mean to say that I condone all that right. trauma. It doesn't mean to say that I condone anything that, nope. that happens. It's just awful that these things happen. Um, but you have to like kind of bear down and get through it. But you know what? When you stop and you breathe and you lean in, it comes to you. <sighs> and for me, and this always chokes me up, and this is the first line in my book. For me, serenity came wrapped up in a little girl with big brown eyes and, and brown hair and had no one named and she was named serenity that's how serenity i had no idea that it was going to come bundled up like that that is beautiful you say that you've been in search of serenity your whole life and it come bundled in named, a little package like, named like, serenity it's here <laughs> and i think that god was pretty clear then <laughs> Well, if I'm now you're choking me up. <laughs> no, okay. I think that if I if I'm looking for serenity, is there a bigger message from God than to have a baby that we viscerally met and knew that she was ours? Wow. Now, I had one last question for you, mm -hmm. and I think you've pretty much just nailed it. Uh, but please add something else. What has been your your biggest reward in all of this? So, it'll surprise you. You know. Because we fostered Serenity first and then adopted her, and we would be out at, at once a week in Safeway, Superstore, wherever. Oh, she's so cute. Oh, she's so lucky. And I bristle at that question and at that comment. And I always go, oh, no, we're the lucky ones. She does not need to think that Marie and I are going to get our ticket into heaven because we've taken on this nasty, horrible waif. Because she wasn't. She was beautiful. And she is beautiful. And she is. She, and what, what, and, and I heard that as a child. I heard that. I heard people always think, oh, you're so good. Oh, you're so, oh, she's so lucky. No, we're lucky. We're lucky. Because not only did we get this amazing little human that we get to, we get to watch grow up and love and, and adore, she saved me. Mm. She saved me. She taught me by her very entrance into my life. She taught me who I am and that I'm pretty okay. That... That's beautiful. Uh, Sally, I'm just so uh, encouraged, and I'm sure other people will be encouraged by uh, your search for serenity that literally landed you with a, a beautiful daughter named Serenity mm -hmm. uh, to help you through this whole process. And now you're an advocate. You're, you're an author and speaker and an, an advocate for other people. Sally's book is actually uh, available now. I don't have it in hand. Uh, it's available for pre-order, isn't mm -hmm. it, Sally? Yeah. And yes. uh, where is it they can find that? So go to sallyjking.com and there will be a button for pre-order and there'll all the information about how do you get the hard copy, the audio, the, the all of it. The, the Kindle version, whatever you need. And it is called In Search of Serenity.
which is kind of appropriate. It was handy that her name was Serenity. That is, <laughs> God is into the details, he I really think, Sally. God is in the details. God is into the details. <laughs> oh, wow. Sally, you are an overcomer. And uh, I am so blessed that I can now call you friends. Yes. <laughs> and uh, if you want to pre-order Sally's book, get her to come and speak mm -hmm. uh, about this uh, amazing topic to be able to say, you know what, your past does not have to define your future. Um, please reach out to Sally. All the links will be um, available in the description of this video. And um, all that's left to say is not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to you and your name goes all the honor and glory for his unfailing love and faithfulness. Until next time, bye for now. Oh, there's a couple. Number one. Three minutes. Oh, okay. Because then I'll feel the pressure of the three minutes I have to talk to. I know, I know. <laughs> Back on.